0: I don't think I really noticed how big a role comedy played in my life. Earlier today, I was actually sitting at my desk and I was planning out some episodes and I literally was like, damn, cracking jokes and making fun of things that were truly nothing to laugh at have been a way of survival for me. So why not do an episode about it? Thank you so much for tuning in to Upright with Eve. Please follow us at Upright with Eve on Twitter and of course on Instagram. And be sure to check out our website, www.uprightpod.com. This is going to be an extra funny episode, so I hope y'all ready for some laughs. And y'all better not forget to subscribe, rate, and review. People, good people. Sisters, how y'all feeling? Brothers, y'all all right? I think I told y'all on another episode, I, I always be one to open up my show like that. <laughs> like literally like straight Erica Badu vibes, like straight up vibes, man. I got a birthday in 10 days, y'all. In 10 days, I will be 28 years old. I think I told y'all last episode, like I legit didn't think I would make it to 18 and here I am at 28 man 28 laps around the sun i'm just super duper grateful more than anything else right now and to be exactly where i am i do believe that all things happen in divine order i hope wherever you all are listening each and every listener i just want to tell you all of course i love y'all i care about y'all man send the brother a line man text me a line 202-780-9953 You're also able to send me a message on our website, uprightpod.com. That is U-P-R-I-G-H-T dot com. I'll be trying to hear from y'all. Stop acting like y'all got commitment issues like me. Just cut all of that shit out. I really only have commitment issues to myself, but that's another episode. This episode literally is like how long I've been laughing at my pain. Like It's been so long. Like If you grew up in D.C., like, you either was joning, or you was getting joned on. Like, whether we was on the bus, on the H-8, on the 90 bus, on a red line, at Brooklyn Station, down Gallery Place, on a Friday night. Growing up in D.C. at the time that I grew up in, if you was not in Jordans by junior high school, like, at the latest, like, at the latest, your ass was getting fired up, like, straight fucking cooked. I started joking about stuff, I feel like, so I wouldn't hold my frustration in like I used to get whippers and shit like that as a kid, right? And I remember as far back as I think being like a single digit age and after one time my mom had gave me a whooping, I remember going back to her doorway and I was like, Mom, I- I'm sorry, mom, but can I just say like one more thing? And it was a joke. And I used to make jokes after every single time I got in trouble. For me, it was almost like clearing the air. Like, literally, I found making jokes and joking over shit being a mechanism that cleared the air and brought me and my mom back to a neutral space. Like, her not being mad at me or her not thinking I was mad at her, although most times I was, like, uberly pissed off, like, air fighting my clothes in my closet, completely upset. But at the end of the day, like, laughing and joking and joning on shit um, really got me through a lot of rough times. Laughter made a lot of things lighter for me. But I also used to like ride the cusp of saying shit when I really wasn't supposed to. So one time my mom had this friend and he was a cop, right? And he had came over to visit us. Like he would checking on us because like it was just me and my mom in a really big house. So he would check on us and shit like that. And one time he had came in to check on us, and my mom had made him—I think she either made him like some coffee or some tea or something like that. And I was like, "Hey, mom, you remember that time when you hit me in the back of my head and my nose started bleeding?" Dog, his face. And I used to do that shit, and it—it really wasn't funny, but it was funny because a lot of the times I was on get back time with my mom when she used to beat my ass, bro. Like. I would try that shit to the max Um, although it really wasn't funny when I went to foster care like I wish that I could have took back all those fucking jokes because it was a time where I was like damn I wonder if like some of those jokes actually made it up the chain like legit but like I used to make jokes when it really wasn't the time to be fucking saying shit like that in public like I would say shit like that like in the mall like mom you remember that time you hit me and I stopped breathing like legit like, even if it was about some shit that, like, possibly happened, I would say shit that was completely, like, no fucking filter. Like, literally, I was a kid of no filters. As I grew older, though, so, like, when I transitioned out of primary school, which is, like, a lot of people just like, the she just say primary school? Yes, like, sixth grade. Um, When I got out of, like, sixth grade, I used to get picked on and shit, right? And I used to get picked on because, like, I wasn't wearing name brand shit in elementary school, but like my brother started coming through with the clutch. Rest in peace, she. I miss you, man. But like he start to buy me like Jordans, right? And all I knew was that I was going to be going into a public school. So I went to a charter school from kindergarten to sixth grade, the same school. But then I was like, oh shit, I'm about to be out in these streets, didn't know shit about catching no bus by myself, didn't know nothing about the metro, like none of that, but all I knew was that I was actually going to be around kids that were hood. I just wanted to be around some hood-ass kids, like that's it. I didn't want to continue to be around kids that like was singing Kumbaya at lunch, like I appreciated the vibe and I appreciated, you know, the incense being lit when we did nap time. But I really legit wanted to be in the hood. Like, I don't know what that was. It was like an inner gangster in me. Like, it was crazy. But I knew this shit was really about to go down with my, with my young comedy career. When my mom started letting me pick my own pants at Old Navy. Bro, you couldn't tell me shit. Like, when she started letting me get the boy cargo pants. Oh my gosh, the tan joints with the pockets. Oh my gosh. Yo, when I tell y'all the streets was not ready for me, the streets was not ready for me. So I was like, look, ma, we get in the old Navy, right? I had to wear tan pants and a white shirt. She goes over in the girls section and I know she was through with my ass because we was in, we was in the mall that day for shit. I got out of school. She picked me up and we went to the mall. We was literally in the mall for probably like two hours before we even get to old Navy because old Navy was at the end of the mall. So she would park on one side and walk down the entire mall, go in all of her stores. And then she was like, after I go in everywhere I need to go in, we going to go in Old Navy and figure out this uniform shit. I'm just like, all right, bet. So I'm not tripping. We hopping KB Toys. We going GameStop. I'm getting the shit that I want. Bing, 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 bing right? We walk in Old Navy, y'all. She goes over to the girls' section. And if anybody remembers, when you go into Old Navy in it's school time, they be having the the white shirts laid out with the little pink flower on the left chest side. And they be having the little straight leg pants with the pleat. Sometimes they wouldn't even do the pleat. It would just be the skinny tan pants that the girls used to be like, oh, yeah, it is about to make my butt look fat. Yeah, it did. Because I was looking when I got to junior high school. But either way, I'm patronizing her for a little bit. And the whole time, I'm just like, I'm eyeing the motherfucking table with the cargo pants on it y'all I saw those cargo pants and it was like I it was like I wore shorts my whole life before that moment it was literally like I never knew that the bottom part of my leg could be covered and warm so I had already figured out the coordinates of the fucking pants on the table from where we were standing at so I used to always do this to my mother I would patronize what she was looking at. And then I would be like, mm, I don't know. And walk off and go look at something else. I'm just like, this the last store. We didn't went in like, like literally probably 40 stores, a thousand stores for little things here, there, woo, woo. And I'm just like, I don't really want to wear those pants, mom. And I walk smooth off, walks smooth off. And she didn't see where I went. So I'm just like, I'm going to just wait over here in the cut until I hear her calling my name. She used to be like, Eve, Eve, I know you hear me. So I waited for a moment. And then finally I heard her calling me, right? She was like, where did you go? And I was like, oh, I just went over there to look at those pants. I was like, I found some pants. So. What I would do is when I wanted my way, I would just be like, oh, I solved the problem already. And then I knew that that would convince her to hit me out because she thought, okay, we don't got to be in this store no longer than I fucking want to. Like, everybody knows the music in Old Navy is crazy. All those statues and shit make you literally feel like one that flew over the cuckoo's nest. It just be way too much. So I started noticing she started looking famished and tired and I was like mom I already found some pants and she's like where they at so I take I take her over there to the beautiful cargo pants table they had like three colors they had a, a light gray like a cigarette ash gray they had a Sarah Lee wheat bread brown and then they had the perfect tan and I was like mom that's the perfect tan right there she was like, ain't nobody about to have you walking around in them goddamn cargo pants. Don't nobody had time. And I'm just like, mom, you don't understand. I got to look cool. I'm going to get picked on. Y'all, y'all. I'm telling her all of this shit. I'm just like, mom, just let me wear the pants. I was like, so look, if we buy two pairs of girl pants and just let me buy two pairs of guy pants and that's four pairs of pants, right? So she was like, all right, Eve, come on, just get the pants. And I was just like, wait, we don't have no shirts. I was like, Ma, those girl shirts with the pink flower on it don't go with these cargo pants. Like, I'm looking like Bobina the Builder. I, I just want to look like Bob the Builder. This how I knew I had her. Because she put the girl pants and the girl shirts back. So I just snuck in a third pair of cargo pants and she was like where's the polo shirts over here I was like they just a a regular man's white polo shirt I already had my motherfucking outfit I had my tank tops back at the house we check out I'm in the car I'm literally it was like I was fresh out I was fresh out with free night minutes and a weekend bus pass like I was so ready y'all have no idea I was so ready you know how when you you lay the clothes out and you get the pants and you put them over the shoes. You put the shoes on the floor and then you get the shirt and you put it over the pants. I was like, damn, I'm about to, I'm stepping up in there and everybody going to want me to put stuff in my pockets for them and hold it. Like I'm going to have all the girls snacks in my side pockets. All the girls going to want to sit next to me because I can get them a piece of candy out of my cargo pants pocket. Like, man, y'all need to understand, dog. Like it literally, it was a vibe. My style was the catalyst for my acceptance in junior high school until i got there on the first day of school and all the boys had on the exact same thing how come y'all didn't how, how come y'all didn't tell me how come y'all didn't tell me that cargo pants was a thing and i was actually the one that was late to the party the only thing that made me different was that i was one of two girls that were dressed like a boy the other one Literally, the other one still had on, I think she had on like girl jewelry and girl earrings. So she was just a tomboy. I was a grown ass man in these streets. So that's what set us apart. So I was like, okay, I have to find something else that will allow for people to know like I have fucking arrived. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, because those kids was tough. Shout out to Han Junior High School. They tore it down, but they will never, ever, ever tear down the legacy of the people that attended Han Junior High School from when it was horrible Han to Thrill on the Hill. Like, literally, Han Junior High School shaped and molded me. Like, shout out to Miss Long, Miss Ward, Mr. Anderson, like, all of y'all. Like, literally, we were some badass kids, and y'all held us down and gave us a lot of swift kicks in the ass. I appreciate y'all, Han Junior High School, man, Capitol Hill, man. They can regentrify and rebuild, but those memories that we had up in there, they will never be able to take. So I remember, like, vividly, like, for the first couple of weeks of school, I would sit by myself and eat, right? And people would try to sit down next to me because they was like, oh, like, you know, she don't look poor. She seems cool. Like, she got good hair. You know, like let's sit with her. And I used to tell people like, nah, don't sit right there. Like on some real weird shit. So then one day this girl was like, well, I'm sitting right here anyway. And I was like, all right, cool. So when I got up, she got up with me. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, she's weird, bro. So then I'm just like, okay. I was like, why are you following me? Like, I don't understand. Why are you following me? I don't, I don't get it. She just like, you think you better than everybody. And I was just like, no, I don't. I'm just a loner, like bro. Tell me why we get the joning, dog. We get the joning, and it's this huge ass circle of kids around us. And the funny thing was, the teachers actually thought that we were fighting, but we were literally joning. I had finally found a group of kids that not only could take jokes, but also thought the shit was funny. I'm not gonna lie, my clowning and joking got me to a lot of trouble, cause like. I never really knew when to draw the line. So we had this teacher, not going to give her name out, but we suspected that she was a crackhead, right? And I used to Joan because it would be like 80 degrees in the classroom. Now, mind you, this is a low-funded D.C. public school. So they had this issue to where you couldn't cut the heat off in the school in the wintertime. So this specific teacher used to put textbooks over the actual vents in the back of the class. So one day I was late to class as I, I guess you could say as I normally was. Um, and I told y'all I was bad. Like I really was. I was bad so she used to lock her classroom door and I really thought it was because she didn't want nobody going up in there getting into her little stash you dig what I'm talking about so I'm late and I'm knocking on her door and I'm just like yo miss such and such like can you let me in looking through the glass everybody clowning and laughing me I'm just like bro like can you let me in so I start banging on her door bang 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 she finally opens the door and I'm just like I'm like, why you leave me out there like that? She's just like, Miss Paul, you're not going to come in here disrupting my class. And I'm just like, your thigh high boot accordion skirt, crock head, you probably keep a candle lit in here, not because it smell, but because that's how you like your straight shooter having ass. And the class goes crazy, bro. Like everybody starts laughing. Everybody is literally dying laughing. And she's like, get out, get out of my class, get, get out of my class. And I'm just like, nah, I'm already in here now. So she goes to look like she's about to smack me because I guess, like, of course, that was absolutely over the line. Absolutely, absolutely over the top. And I'm just like, I'm already knowing like I'm going to get suspended. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm about to go to the max now. So I go to the back of the class. The class is going crazy. They just like, oh damn! She said she had on thigh high boots. Oh my gosh! She said the candle on her. That she used a lighter straight shooter. That's why she keep it lit. I'm just like, first of all, like nobody uses pumpkin spice candles unless it's November. Unless that's the last candle you have when the storm knocks the power out. Like nobody is just using pumpkin spice all year round. So I'm walking to the back of the class and she's like, "Miss Paul, please get out of my classroom. So she calls the office on the intercom and they can hear. This is an old school. The school was really old, right? So they could actually hear me in the back of the class talking mad shit. I'm like going off, joning hard as a mug. Like I take one of the textbooks off the radiator in the back of the class. I open the window, and I start tossing the textbooks out the window, y'all. Out of the window. We're on, like, the third floor. Like, I was spazzing, but at the time, I already knew I was going to get in trouble. I already knew my mother was going to beat my ass. I wasn't fucking apologizing to the teacher. Like, I didn't care, bro. I did not give a fuck. So I get down to the principal's office. He just like, Eve, why are you in my office again? And I'm just like, I don't know. He's just like, I'm gonna need a better answer than that. And I'm just like, well, like I got sent down here. Like, I don't know. I'm wanting for the teacher to come down and tell him what I said because everybody was thinking it. Like y'all see her coming here every day. Us kids heard it from adults. We heard it from security guards and we just started repeating the shit. But like, She don't have on three sweaters, two coats, a turtleneck, and a vest because it's cold in there because the heat don't even go off. Bro, she used to be sweating so hard. I used to be nervous. I used to be like, bro, is she, is she administering the test or is she taking the test? Like she's literally, she's literally sweating like it's a P test. Like she's about to lose her job. Like, oh my gosh. Like I used to just be bugging. So the principal asked me, what did I say? I finally told him he gets up and tells me to close the door. I'm just like, in my mind, why wasn't the door closed in the first place? Like, what? Like, are you a sitting principal? Like, who is this guy? Like, seriously. I still don't remember his name, though. That's crazy. But, yeah, so when I close the door, he starts dying laugh. I'm super confused because I'm just like, aren't you supposed to be calling my mom? Like, I'm ready to go home. He's like, nah, I'm not sending you home. You're going to in-school suspension. I'm just like, bruh, I really don't want to. I'd rather go home. Like, like my mom is at home. Like, I can just go home. You know what I'm saying? And then I can call you when I get there just so you know I'm there. He's like, nah, you going to end school suspension. I'm like, but was my joke funny, though? He was like, yeah, it was, but you're going to have to apologize miss such and such. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Y'all should have heard me apologize to her. Y'all know I was real petty, and I was like, sorry for saying that you had on thigh-high boots and a accordion skirt, and that you was a crackhead, and you got on three vests, two turtlenecks, a dickey, a scarf, and some gloves with the fingers cut out. But y'all want to know the sad part? She never accepted my apology. I mean, I can't say I really cared. Like, as an adult now, I know that that shit was fucked up. Like, I ain't even had to be being like that. But she never accepted my apology. She just made me, like, as a, a troubled kid in the inner city, deal with such a burden and the weight of her clothes that she wore every day. It's like, nah, let me stop playing. So I did like, I think like three or four days of in-school suspension. And when I finally got back in class, like a lot of the problems that I had in class was I would be cracking jokes while the teacher's teaching and it would disrupt the lesson. And then the teacher would put me out. And then I would be in the hallway making beats and saying jokes through the crack of the door to the classroom. I feel like I really just needed a hug. It was almost like I was struggling with my identity, and this was my way of lashing out. Like, I would make jokes to cover the shit up and lash out. But it really wasn't funny. Like, I was really, really, really bad in junior high school. Like, horrible, y'all. Like, some of the stories I never tell nobody. Because it was just fucked up the way I was treating, like, adults in junior high school. But when I got back into the classroom, after being an in-school suspension, I was quiet as shit. I wasn't trying to bother nobody. I wasn't telling no jokes. I was just in there to just be quiet and relax. Now, of course, my mom was grateful. The teachers was grateful. They was like, we don't know what's going on with Eve, but she's quiet. A little bit of time went by. I hadn't gotten into any trouble. And it was literally like, oh my gosh, like, she is a changed kid. Little did they know, I was working on my rap career, like, they literally didn't know, like, yo, like, I'm about to change the rap game. So I went from clowning to fucking rapping. Like, overnight in junior high school, y'all, I went from clowning to rapping. The reason why I was so quiet in class was because I was writing my rhymes. And, of course, my teachers, my mother, everybody found that shit out when grades came out. I had this one rhyme, though. I used to say that joint on the playground by the basketball course behind Lemon G. High in junior high school. And the kids would be like, damn, like, she got bars. Until they found out, like, that was a biggie rhyme. And then I had to go write my own rhyme. And when I wrote my own rhyme, they was like, nah, like, you can't rap. But y- y'all want to hear my rhyme, don't y'all? Are right, you ready? My name is EVE. Show you shit that they don't show you in these mean streets ha you wanna step to me, I tell you quick who I'm close to. Bust your ass, pack you up and stick on the postal. You ain't believe me, hon, huh? Chilling my peeps on CRT. Wanna step to them trust, you gotta go through me. You laughing, you really think I'm fucking bullshit and let me catch your ass around here, you get your shit split it. Like, y'all don't even understand when I when I dropped that on the playground. You couldn't tell me that, like, Missy Elliott Who, Eve Who, Lord Kim Who. Like, I was the next rapper. And when them greys dropped, my mother wrapped my motherfucking ass up in, in a thousand belts, bro. Like, she literally was like, I'm so grateful you doing what you're supposed to do. I was intercepting the phone calls and the letters that was coming from the school. I would unplug the house phone. Like, oh my gosh, like, it was crazy. I remember, you remember having a separate little answering service? I would unplug the fucking answering machine, y'all. I would unplug the answering machine, like, legit. So it was like I had I had intercepted all of this stuff and was quiet and I was chilling. I was getting anything I wanted. And then the report cards came out and my mother was so mad. And it was in that moment I knew that rapping wasn't for me. I wasn't going to make it having a rap career. And I know some of y'all are just like, wow, why? Like, y'all, I, I know y'all appreciating my rap, and I appreciate y'all for that. You know what I'm saying? But, like, in seventh grade, I was just like, damn, man, I thought I was going to be a rapper. Like, I thought I was about to be out here on these streets. So that lesson of, of trying to be a rapper, you know, it really ain't for everybody. So I knew in that moment that I had to stick with the funnies because even when my ass was grass, people still loved me. And ultimately, through me acting out, through so many trials and tribulations of me growing up. That's all I really wanted. How seeing other people laugh and seeing other people smile made me feel, like it made me feel loved, accepted, and it gave me purpose. It literally helped me focus on the joy of others instead of what I didn't really like about myself. Like it was a perfect distraction. Comedy was a perfect distraction. And it's been a part of me for as long as I can remember my knack for the quick comebacks, the instant throw togethers on the jokes. I've always loved bringing joy to others, but it really truly made me accept me. I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. I'm gonna continue to laugh at my pain for real, and I'm gonna be able to continue to help people just like me, masculine presenter individuals. We want to be seen, we want to be heard, the presence, beauty, and wholeness of who we are. Yeah, we can laugh through our pain and some days it may not feel all that good. But at the end of the day, we're going to keep growing and moving forward in spite of forward towards peace and happiness. I appreciate y'all for listening. Be sure to follow us, subscribe, rate and review. Much love. Peace.